Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome to today's edition of No More Leadership BS. <laughs> I am Jeff Conroy with Conroy Leadership Consulting, and I am here with four of the bestest, mightiest, and brainiest consultants out there that I know. And we're going to start with the most beautiful one, Myra Hall. How are you today, Myra? I am, I am just ducky today. Keep up, guys. I'm just ducky. <laughs> What would be said beautiful? We all went, What? Oh, that's as a runner up. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. So, Myra, how are you? I am just ducky. You look great. I am today. just how's, ducky. How's Indiana? Hot. Hot? <laughs> it remains hot. Oh. <clears throat> swampy. I'm sorry. Swampy? No, no rain. Just hot. Uh, okay. No rain. Just hot. Okay. Completely. And next we have. The rugged Mr. Jeff guy. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here today for another episode. I, we, I've lost count. How many episodes have we done? Like seven, seven million or four hundred thousand? Five. Oh, yeah. I can't awesome. count that but high. Next, I only have ten next, fingers. Next in the series, I actually I'm really excited to to hear what we come up with this for this one because this next in the series about your sinking ship, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you're screwed. So, Guy, how are things in Colville? <laughs> Not Colville. I don't live no. in Colville. I don't Los want to live in Colville. Bosco. Pullman, whatever. How are South things on the police? Yeah, southeastern Washington state. And it's warm here today, but I'm a summertime guy. So, 80 and severe, clear sunshine. That's, I like that. Long you on the water and no speedo. That's a good thing. Don't just. No, no, <laughs> haven't, even got, haven't even got the ministry vessel out of the shed yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what that's not a boat. It's not a boat. It's a ministry vessel. That that's way it's a tax deduction. <laughs> we just went from speedo to ministry vessel. No, you just were at speedo. I didn't say anything about a speedo. I was. Okay. <laughs> Next we have Dr. Sam Jennings. How are things in Coeur d'Alene? Things are just awesome out here. And I appreciate you came in with all the heat today. Cause I'm not here in the carfus. It's toasty. It's toasty one, but we're doing good. You're not supposed to be in the car in the heat. Dangerous. I have a good functioning brain, so I'll just stay out here and get toasted. Oh, no, you can't leave your dog in the car in the sun, but Dr. Oh. Sam's okay. By the okay, time. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And last but never least, the beast from Otis Orchard, Mr. <laughs> Jeff McLaughlin. How's Coeur d'Alene? Uh, very busy. We got Fest going over in Spokane which is an extra 100,000 people in downtown Spokane. And then we've got the uh, half Ironman going today. So like Coeur d'Alene's, all the roads are blocked off. There's not a single hotel available. There's people everywhere. It's just, it's incredible. Oh, cool. Another beautiful day. Can't wait for the movie. It'll be a good one. Yeah, it's gonna be a great one. <laughs> so today's episode, so since we've been talking about how do you save businesses, how do you save people, we're gonna talk today about 
when you go in and try and save a business and the business just isn't worth saving. I know we talked about this. What'd you guys want to call this one? When the fish or cut bait fish, I want to call this thing jump ship, but I want to call it fish or cut bait because honestly, I've never been in that situation where I've had to fish or cut bait. So I'm hoping you guys have some awesome stories or at least know of people that have done it. But when I think about those things that I, the energy that I put into trying to save an organization or try to reorganize an organization, I really focus on things on number one is staff structure and organization. Is it profitable? I want, is it making money? Are we still relevant? Is this business still relevant? If any of those things are not working and you can't fix those, yeah, of course, you're going to want to cut bait. But you got to have your staff behind you. You've got to make money. And sometimes it's CDB, cost of doing business. Sometimes you got to put money in to, to make money. And sometimes the business doesn't have the money to do it, but you got to do it. I want to know, have any of you guys ever experienced anything like that, Mr. Geyer? Since I'll call you out. I feel like my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Arkell, he would always do that. What about this question, Mr. Conroy? When to fish or cut bait? My, my thing has always been never quit. Maybe it's uh, the old Winston Churchill thing from World War II, never give up. But if the goal is to climb the mountain, so to speak, we'll throw another or, or analogy in there instead of ships. But if the goal is to climb the mountain and you're climbing and climbing, just don't seem to be getting, yeah, I'm going uphill a little bit, but there's downhill times and there's turns and there's logs across the road and all that stuff. I'm just going to quit. But when, if you quit, you might be just around the corner. You might be less than a couple hundred yards from the top of the mountain. So how do you know when to quit? I think that's a really open question. I think that's the way Dr. Sam described it. It's a question that doesn't have a singular answer. How do you know when it's time to stop fishing and just sit back and cut some bait? And I don't know the answer to that other than I can tell you, do not make that decision alone. No. Do it with good counsel and good coaching and that kind of stuff. Don't do it by yourself. Well, I'm a, I'm a believer. You don't ever lead in a vacuum. You always surround yourself yeah. with amazing yeah, yeah. people. The one of the big motivating factors for me though, when I was reorganizing businesses was I'm affecting lives. If I have a, if I have a hundred employees and I decide to cut bait, I'm going to affect a hundred people's lives. It gets that deep for me. So what about you, Sam? What are your thoughts on this? When do you think you should cut bait on a business that you're trying to reorganize? So full disclosure, haven't had to do that. Uh, I don't want to give you a false impression. I've, I've bought and sold so many companies. That's nonsense. But the question at hand is how do you know, right? And to use Jeff's kind of lead in there. If you have a business that you've built, let's say this is all you, it's been your blood, sweat, and tears, and it's just not going, you can really want a business, but if you'd said really, maybe just one more time, then it would be successful. It doesn't matter what, how passionate you are. If it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. Look at that data. If you're climbing that mountain and you're still climbing, although slowly, you may need to make some adjustments, but you're still climbing. If you think you're climbing the mountain and all you're doing is sliding backwards constantly, observe that and believe it and adjust to that information, not how it's going to feel to you. Because you could feel your way clear to bankruptcy as opposed to selling when you can get out. Like you just said, Conroy, you have a lot of people depending upon you. They're still depending upon you whether you decide to close it up right now or close it up in six months when it fails. There's a difference there. And to care for your people just might mean admitting that this is not working this capacity. I need to stop and reset completely. And 100% agree. I'm not going to suggest for a minute it's a good feel or more people want to do it, but the reality of it is look at your data and see what's telling you and believe it. 
Exactly. And that's every good leader needs to be realistic of where you're at. I am the eternal optimist, but numbers don't lie. So you always have to look at your numbers. You're right. Look at your data. Myra, what are your thoughts on this? When do you think you should cut bait on an organization? You're awful quiet. I'll just tell you, I've been there. (laughs) We got to tell you how to use that button. And I, the old saying, you learn more lessons at the rock bottom that you'll ever learn on the mountaintop. Amen. And one of the things that I learned is never make it personal. Never get your emotions involved or you will never take the time to cut bait, as you guys put it. Yeah. I'm not a fisherman, so that's hard for me to relate to, but you just keep hoping and trying and pushing harder. And what you don't do is you don't listen. It can be all there in front of you and you don't listen. You ignore, are you saying don't listen or you're ignoring the warning signs? You're ignoring them. You're ignoring them. When you're personally invested, when you're emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Is it blew up. And then you look back and says, I could have told you it was going to do that. Yeah. But when you look at this and this should have been all the message I needed. I can go back and tell you what I should have done. And it probably would have taken care of the situation, but I didn't do it. Who knows why I didn't do it? It was, there was, it was, I was too much emotionally invested in it. I can just tell you that it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm much happier now. And I just let it fold. I just let it fold and went a different direction. Sometimes that's what it takes to get you onto the right track. So don't always think that cutting bait is a bad thing because it may be necessary so that you can take the next step that is, is there for you. So that a reading of the signs or was there a slap in the forehead or that just happened? And you don't have to get overly specific. Just No, it, it was, it was working its way up for probably eight months and I had tried to address it, but not directly enough. And I wasn't listening to the little clues people were giving me. So it was a slap in the, on the head when they walked out the door. That was like, why didn't I listen? Yeah. And which is, it's a tough thing to go through. There is no doubt about it. It's a tough thing to go through. But sometimes you need the slap in the face to, to wake up. Yeah. And if I could look back and do anything, I would. Don't get emotionally involved. Look at your numbers. Know you're going in the right direction and know that everybody, everything you guys said, especially in our last, everybody wants to be appreciated. Yep. Uh, And that is, my numbers were good until they weren't. So it wasn't the numbers. It was, it was very dissatisfied people who felt that they were no longer important. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So speaking of a great slap in the face, Mr. McLaughlin. You're saying I'm good at slapping people in the face? Because that was college and nobody has proof. It was purely experimental. So, (laughs) you know, I love about what you do in your company is called Professionals of Play is that you bring fun back into the workplace. But so you've worked with businesses, so many businesses. Have you worked with businesses that were on their way out and they brought you in as a different avenue to bring people, get people excited and hopefully that would work and it didn't work? Or do you just have that magic wand and spread joy and gold everywhere you go? Glitter and fairy dust is always in my pocket. So I always have that there at the ready. However, no, it doesn't 
oftentimes when I work with organizations, it's not because they're failing. They're working towards what we talked about in our last episode is that employee appreciation, that engagement piece. How do we make sure people are fitting and communicating in a way that benefits everybody? And so I don't think, as I'm trying to think through the many clients that I've worked with, that I've actually worked with organizations that were on the downhill slope. I have had some coaching clients who were in that boat, not necessarily through the things that we've been talking about, but through external forces that you just, they don't have any control over and trying to navigate saving a company that is slowly dying because they just can't get the materials they need to produce the materials that they sell. And so that's a totally different story. I yeah, think that's interesting because um, they have what's happening now. That is happening. That's literally happening right now. And they're, that's that organization has phenomenal company culture and people are not cutting bait and running. They are sticking around, even though they're taking lower pace pay, they're trying to find, they're even helping them find additional jobs to help support their families because they're like, we just can't do our jobs because of external forces. And but that's a totally, I look at that culture and I say, well, they're doing everything right. They yeah. just have this crazy, all the stuff that's happening in the world right now that they're trying to deal with. So I don't think I've ever, unlike Dr. Sam, I'm, I haven't bought and sold a lot of businesses myself. Yeah. Being in education, not usually one of the things we do. However, I have been a part of an organization where I, I helped build it and then left. And so I am very familiar with that, that you're on a sinking ship and it's only a matter of time before it, it goes under and you've got X amount of time to get off. And if you're not looking at the signs, if you're not actually going, well, wait a minute, the bow's under and we're tilted down. We're actually going underwater now. Maybe it's time to get a life jacket. Nah, I'll wait a little longer. We'll see what happens. Sure, I'll catch the next boat. I'll catch the next one. But then you all of a sudden you start to see the shark fins and you're going, maybe I'll just stay on the ship because it seems safer. Exactly. And so a lot of people, I think, get stuck in that because they're not aware. And you've already said climbing a hill. If you're climbing a hill, but you're on a treadmill, yeah, the hill's not going anywhere. Nope. You're not actually making it. You're just sitting there. You're just, you're spinning your wheels. Yep. And what's the point? We're working I mean, really hard, but not going anywhere. Exactly. Working hard for nothing. So, so when I opened this up, I said, you know, some of the signs that I would look for to what I always look for is staff involvement. Is it making money? Are you relevant? Those types of things. What are some other signs that people should be looking? Myra talked about, she, there were signs, but she never really paid attention to them until it was too late. What signs should be, should people be looking for other than just, I call them the obvious ones. And again, staff aren't with you. Boards aren't with you. My customers aren't with you. It's, you're not making any money. You're having to put more and more of your own money into it. You're taking out debt to pay off debt, that type of stuff. Have you ever heard or had it happen to you walk into the room and you can feel the tension in the yeah. room? You can feel it. And we usually think we're being talked about or something like that. But the polar, polarization happens when You've got this little group of employees over here and against this little group of employees over here. And there's a separation that wasn't there before. And it can be very subtle. But the, in my opinion, if I had to do over again, however it turned out, I would have brought them in individually into the office and say, mm -hmm. tell me what's going on. It's if you're not happy or whatever. Tell me what's going on so we can solve this. And based or upon not. the relationship, based upon the relationship you have with that person, they may or not, may or may not be truthful with you. But it's, it's your chance to right. get to. Give them, give them the opportunity. Yeah. 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 
I would say that, that feeling that? though. One thing. Whoa. True. Okay. Whoa, that was a wow. It's like this it's like the shirts and the jets the west side story mr guyer sorry hang in there buddy hang on to mclaughlin's point earlier the whether we blame it on the pandemic or the economy currently or whatever supply chain issues and what have you if you were a, a store and you couldn't get the product that you sell Right. Or you're a business that manufactures something and you couldn't get the raw material to manufacture it. There may come a time, even if your culture's great and all the people are committed and it's awesome, that you just can't make this ship float anymore. Yeah. Like I said earlier, this question is an open one because they're unique to each individual situation. I can't imagine having to close maybe a generational business because of some goofy global supply chain issue today that I have no control over. And then I would do probably what Dr. Sam was talking about earlier, man. I would do whatever I could to take care of, care of the people, help them find other jobs or yes. what have you. But, yep. but uh, yeah, there's sometimes no matter what you do, unfortunately that your ship is going to sink. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I guess what the or, ship or it has the, analogy. Has the potential to sink. Yeah. yeah. With the ship analogy, you could say that those are torpedoes instead of somebody drilling a hole from the inside. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you don't it's, have it's any external. Yeah, yeah. You don't have any control over the torpedoes that hit your yeah. bow. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's true. All right, Geoff, you or me? Oh, go home. for it. Go for it. I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say already. Shambo. How about rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> what the hell is that? Go ahead. Oh, come on. Rochambeau is so much more fun. Damn educated. Man had words. So, you, Jeff, had asked about things we miss, right? And I'd say probably one of the most, the biggest opportunities for a miss is our own bias. Uh -huh. So we come in and think we think we know uh -huh. and then need to be corrected and see what's actually there. So I've done this on a super small scale, not business, just working with other humans, have an expectation for how things are going because maybe I've seen it and I had a view of it. And then the people involved said, yeah, that's how we are. But when we transition this next group of people, we're going to have more passion and do better. Give us a chance. Please proceed. Yeah, that's let good. them run that, that, that argument. And I think in this case, too, more to the business world, we all hear of stories about people who were hired to be the ax person. We come in, and I got to start cutting everything. What if you walked in and said, give me 30 days. Let me understand what's happening here. I want to know if cutting everything is the only tool you've got left. Because that's the last tool there is. Yep. So can we re-examine and just give a fresh set of eyes just to look at it? As opposed to saying, I was hired to be the expert person, so by golly, here we go. We'll line them up and let's cut or them down. Chop them. Yeah, you're doing what you're told to do, but at least to argue. Right. The opportunity to take another look, to check your own bias because your bias is cut because that's what you're told. Maybe there's another way around. It's a great point. That's yeah. a great one. I enjoy that. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things that people miss oftentimes is how does it feel? Like that feeling of, if you have that sense of dread all the time and it's just miserable and your existence, everything in your life is suffering because of it, that's probably a big indicator that there's some pretty significant things that are wrong Yeah, and you need some time to reassess and probably an outside eye to help you and go, what am I missing? Why is this so hard? And don't get me wrong. There are certain times when business and life in general are going to be difficult and challenging because that's just the way life is, but it shouldn't be all the time. If it's all the time, if it's a perpetual struggle, then you're missing something. And there's, there needs to be some, so, some sort of 
a tweak or a tool that you're missing or that you're not seeing. And somebody else on the outside might look at that and go, dude, have you ever thought about this? And that one thing goes click and things start going again. Yep. Yep. And yeah. No, I agree. I, like I said, at the very top side of this thing, I've gone in and I'm, I've never had to cut bait because I believed in the organizations enough. I'm not saying that when people cut bait, they don't believe in their organizations. It's just the fortitude got lucky. And I think Geyer's the same way. Geyer's got in, got lucky and we've been blessed, but it does happen. And people need to understand that it should not affect your life in a negative way. It should not take your own money to make the business survive. You should not be taking out debt to pay off debt. You should have your staff follow you. If that's going to happen, maybe something you need to look at down the line. This was a tough subject because like Sam said, it's, or I'm sorry, Geyer said, it's a very nuanced, specific to an industry conversation. It's not just an umbrella conversation. So if anybody has any con questions or any input on this topic on sh when should you fish or cut bait with a company, please email us at ask us at leadershipbs.co at any time. If you have the need for help, you have five able bodies right here. Okay. Four, four able bodies right here. <laughs> well, depends on the day. <laughs> depends Sometimes on the day <laughs> to, to assist you and I'll give you fantastic advice. Ask us at leadershipbs.co is the first place you need to go onto the Facebook page, like this podcast, subscribe to this podcast so you can stay in the loop on our daily and weekly little tidbits of great wisdom. Join on us. behalf of the Leadership BS team. Thank you, Geoff. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Mr. Geyer. Until next time, we'll see y'all next week and letter. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the no leadership bs podcast if you have any stories questions or comments you would like to share with us please email us at ask us at leadershipbs.co that's ask us at leadershipbs.co don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people thank you so much and tune in next time we'll see you then